Welcome to Is It Halloween Yet? Episode 8, a spooky little podcast where we talk about all things horror and ask, Is it Halloween yet? I'm afraid not, ghouls, ghosts, and goblins. It's 121 days until Halloween. I'm your ghost dispenser, so let's see what we have on the slab this week. We've got a bunch of news, quite a few July horror movie releases, and a few trailers to break down and talk about. Let's start off this week with all the American Horror Story and American Horror Stories news, as if those two names aren't confusing to say. As we barrel towards the spinoff American Horror Stories premiere on July 15th, we got a bunch of news on both it and the 10th season of the show called Double Feature. First up, It looks like we're headed back to Murder House. We got two posters this week featuring the iconic rubber man. Rubber woman, though? In the first, we see him slash her looking back at the murder house across a field of blood red grass. There'll be links to all the posters and trailers in the show notes, as usual. The second one is a little bit more interesting. We see the rubber man springing forth from the mind of a dark-eyed, shadowed person. It's creepy. You can see his brains. It looks like it's like the rubber man has come up out of the man's head and blown the top of his head off. It's, it's interesting. I'm really more intrigued by the second poster than the first poster, though I am a sucker for Murder House. And then finally, for American Horror Stories... We got a one-minute trailer that begins in downtown L.A. and ends up at the murder house. It shows us all sorts of horrifying cuts, tricks, demons, witches, all of the delightful things we're used to seeing in the intros to American Horror Story. Uh, I am way more interested in American Horror Stories than I am in season 10 of American Horror Story, which we will get into that why with this next news story. We then got double feature news, and as our guest last week called it, it's not a great idea that he had two ideas that he couldn't choose between. Well, now we know that season 10 of American Horror Stories will include sexy aliens and vampires? The poster, that I'm sure you have seen by now, features an alien and a vampire locking tongues around a small black pill. I don't know, it may just be me, but the 1950s-style aliens rarely do it for me in the world of horror anymore. I don't know, they're really kind of cute. I don't know, I like the big eyes, the weird, like, fingers. They're more cute than horrific to me anymore. I am still going to give Double Feature a shot. I give every season of American Horror Stories a shot, but I'm pretty pessimistic that I will probably fall off of it this year. In our final bit of American Horror Story news, Sarah Paulson says what we've all been thinking. She didn't like American Horror Story's Roanoke. On the Hollywood Reporter's Awards Chatter podcast, she admits that after playing Marsha Clark in American Crime Story, she felt 
confined and a little bit frivolous playing in American Horror Story that season and that she had wished she had asked Ryan to let her sit that one out. We kind of all wish we could have all sat that one out, Sarah. So I get it. I feel her. That's probably the worst season of American Horror Story to date, in my opinion. It's really a toss-up between Roanoke and Cult for me, for worst Let's move on to other movie news. First up, we've got some release day shuffling going on. Warner Brothers is pushing Dune closer to Halloween. Uh, It was most recently scheduled for October 1st. It has now been pushed to October 22nd. COVID has really made a mess of the Dune release schedule. Plus, there's all that drama between Denny Villeneuve and Warner Brothers about it coming to HBO Max. But it will still be coming to theaters and HBO Max on October 22nd. Also getting a new release date is Edgar Wright's Last Night in Soho. The movie is moving from October 22nd, where Dune was, to the next week, October 29th. I'm excited to finally get to see this Anya Taylor-Joy-led movie. Speaking of Anya Taylor-Joy, that leads us into our next story. She gave an interview this week where she said she was afraid that the role of Tomlinson in The Witch would end her career. It's her acting and how good she is that makes The Witch. Like, all the actors in that movie are phenomenal, but her in particular carries that movie. I love that movie. It's one of my favorite horror movies. I will have any excuse to bring it up. I love Tomlinson so much that my second character on my Animal Crossing island is named after her. So (laughs) next up, we have some news from Junte Ito. First, Adult Swim shared some footage from its upcoming Uzkami adaptation. Widely considered to be Ito's best work, the anime has had some production slowdowns due to COVID. We were treated to a few moments of the opening, and the animation takes my breath away. The animation is so beautiful. The black and white line animation of her hair specifically blowing in the wind on the close-up is just gorgeous. Like, I know it's Probably not the thing people are like here to talk about, but the animation looks beautiful. And if they need to take more time to give that animation the love and care that that story deserves, I am all for it. I cannot wait for people to see this too. I think it's going to blow people's mind. I know that like it's become more popular in the last several years, but I still I don't think it's reached like a critical mass yet where the anime on Adult Swim will absolutely do that for this story also in news that i feel like was crafted just for me junte ito is going to be turning robert eggard's delightfully twisted the lighthouse into manga the combination of two of my favorite horror masters is just uh, i am so excited i bet we never see an english translation of this but like I don't care. I will have to have it in Japanese then. I just, I oh, I need it, right? And spoilers for The Lighthouse. Uh, you can fast forward 15 seconds and that will be good. We all want to know what Ito's version of mermaid sex looks like, right? Like that that's like part of the draw of this, right? Like we all want to know what those scenes where he's hallucinating, like getting it on with the mermaid is going to look like, right? Next up, get your pre-Chucky the Sci-Fi series Child's Play Marathon in early. Four of the original series are leaving Netflix on the 31st of July. It's 
Child's Play 2, Child's Play 3, Bride of Chucky, and Seed of Chucky, they're all going to be gone on July 31st. So if you were planning to get a rewatch in before the sci-fi show heads our way this fall, hurry up and do it. Bloody and intriguing manga Chainsaw Man is getting an charming yet also violent anime adaptation. We don't have a yet firm release date or if a U.S. streaming service will be picking this one up, but if the idea of a half-human, half-demon whose arms and face turn into a chainsaw intrigues you, I suggest you read the manga. It's very good. (laughs) I also like in the trailer how slice-of-lifey it seems until the demon killing comes, until he turns a chainsaw man, and then it's like full-on dark horror anime. But... It's so light and bubbly in the beginning of it. I don't know. I'm just very excited to see this. I think it'll be great. I hope one of the streaming services pick it up. Probably closer to October, I would think. But we'll see. I'll keep you posted for sure. The next story has one of the only things that could ever entice me to head to Texas. Jaws on the Water is back. After last year's pandemic hiatus, Alamo Drafthouse has let us know that the famed watching of Jaws on floats in Lake Travis will be back for three weekends in July. That isn't our only Jaws news, though. It appears that Steven Spielberg is doing us all a favor by blocking any and all remakes of new sequels to his beloved classic. Y'all, I don't blame him. Jaws stands up well on its own, so if you haven't seen it, you should definitely be watching July Jaws. It's July 4th weekend. It's a perfect weekend to watch Jaws. And if, even if you have, just give it a spin. Or if you're in Texas, go watch it laying in a float in a lake. That has to be horrifying slash amazing. I really wish I could do that. It would be super fun, I think. Next up, we're going to talk about a very interesting new horror documentary that's got a Kickstarter going right now. Horror and Mental Health seeks to explore the connections between the genre and the comfort it brings to horror fans. It's going to have interviews with horror fans, with horror podcasters, with horror makers, directors, writers. Um, It's got, like, a lot of powerhouse documentarian people behind it. Like, it looks really great. I am very excited for this project. They project we'll see it in Q1 of 2022. And more, I wish I could travel, but I can't yet news. Jack is back at Halloween Horror Nights 30. I don't know about you, but the Halloween Horror Nights icon Jack making his return makes me a little sad I won't be in Florida this spooky season. I have fond memories of Jack and Halloween Horror Nights in Florida when I would go with my older sister when I was barely a teenager. My mother would stay back at the hotel room with my dad and my sister and I and her husband would go If you're in Florida, please go see Jack. Say hello. See Halloween Horror Nights. And it's 30 years. It's 30 years old this year. Crazy. And now we're going to go through all the new releases coming to VOD, theatrical, Blu-ray, streaming this July. It's a lot. July is like the beginning of spooky season, I think, as far as Hollywood's concerned. And I can't hate on it. So let's get started today which is the day I'm recording this, July 2nd, Fear Street Part 1 makes its way to Netflix. We've got a review from me on my YouTube channel. I've already watched it. You'll have to go see my YouTube review to see what I thought of it, though. So, teasing you to go on over there and watch that. 
Also, the Megan Fox home invasion slash assassin movie, Till Death, is coming to theaters and VOD today. The final, fifth, and final Purge movie, The Forever Purge, hits theaters July 2nd today. And I can't wait to see this. I will probably be going to see it over the weekend or Monday, and we'll have a review for you on YouTube or on the podcast next week. Haven't decided yet. Also coming out today, Werewolf Within. It's been out in theaters, and if you were just not wanting to go to the movie theaters or couldn't go to the movie theaters or it wasn't playing, it comes out on digital and VOD today. So everyone loves this horror comedy. It's definitely one I want to watch this month, and it might be another one that gets a review on the channel or here on the podcast. Let me know. You can always tweet at me at a Halloween club what you prefer. Unearthed, which we covered a couple weeks ago about two families and a fracking project and it's like destroying the land and unleashing an evil. That comes to digital and VOD on the 6th of July. Coming on the 7th of July is a mockumentary about all those really weird clown sightings that we were seeing in 2016. Like 2016 is a year feels like a fever dream anyway with all the stuff that was going on in the US. And then like there were all those weird clowns that you're just seeing everywhere that was really creepy. The mockumentary behind the sightings is going to take a stab at trying to figure out what they were all about. On July 8th, you can check out Netflix and get your Resident Evil fix with Resident Evil Infinite Darkness. It takes place between Resident Evil 4 and 5, and it, it has Claire Leon doing all the things that Claire and Leon do, so be sure to check that out if you're a Resident Evil fan. On July 9th, on VOD, we've got Lilith about a girl who summons the infamous succubus Lilith after her boyfriend cheats on her to exact revenge. And then also on the 9th, Netflix is coming back with more Fear Street. Fear Street Part 2, 1978, will take place. They showed a trailer for it at the end of the first one. It looks awesome. July 11th, we've got Wellington Paranormal, which I am super excited for. It's from Taika Waititi and Jermaine Clements. And the show follows two police officers who deal with all kinds of supernatural creepies. It has a weird release schedule. I think it releases on HBO Max on July 12th, but it's also on the CW, and that is on July 11th. Netflix has another thing. Netflix is coming hard this month with the horror. Classic Horror Story comes on July 14th. We don't really know much about it. We've seen some very weird trailers where people find themselves stranded in the woods and there's a weird house and like everything about it is very like keeping you at arm's length, which I appreciate from a horror trailer, which we'll get into when we go through the trailer breakdowns at the end of the episode, but I appreciate that they're trying to keep as much of a lid on what this movie is about because some of the best horror movies are movies that I had no idea what they were about when I went in. Also coming out on July 14th, Gunpowder Milkshake about a assassin who was abandoned by her assassin mother 
and grows up to be an assassin. I don't know if it's really horror. It's a little more horror adjacent, though I think it might have a chance to be pretty gory. So we'll see. That is probably not going to be on my high on my list with how many things are coming out like around then, like Fear Streets that day. And then the next day we've got American Horror Stories. We were just talking about this. It's premiering on FX on Hulu, which is the worst name for <laughs> a streaming thing. So you'll have to watch it on Hulu, but it's via FX. So I think maybe you have to have FX. I don't know. I'll figure that out next week and let everyone know. But yeah, we get that on the 15th. And then July 16th is just banging us again over the head with theatrical releases and Netflix. We have Escape Room Tournament of Champions is coming out in theaters. I don't know much about it. I haven't seen the original Escape Room that is on my list this week to watch so that I can watch this one at the in the middle of the month we also have great white it's a shark movie and it comes out on july 16th and then finally we get the final fear street movie on july 16th from netflix july 20th there's the theatrical release of the nest also coming out on july 20th is a the dvd and digital of initiation that movie still looks intriguing to me i'm probably gonna watch maybe there'll be a review there will definitely be a rating on my letterbox so you can check that out july 22nd shutter has candisha which is the story about a woman who gets assaulted by her ex-boyfriend and then summons a vengeful demon but like all summonings of vengeful demons the demon never just wants one person it wants everyone on the planet so it goes a little wrong and we'll have to see how it plays out july 23rd is blood red sky on netflix it's a movie about a woman whose plane gets taken over by terrorists and she has to decide if she is willing to divulge the secret that she's a vampire. And she's gotta protect her kid in the process. So it looks intriguing. The stills I've seen from it look intriguing. I haven't seen a trailer yet, but probably one I'll be checking out. Also on July 23rd, M. Night Shyamalan's movie Old hits theaters. The trailer looks terrifying. Everybody's afraid of being old. And yeah, no, that movie looks horrifying. It's, I hope it is closer to things like The Visit not things like happening, but we'll see. Uh, M. Night Shyamalan's a mixed bag. You never know what you're going to get, but I'm willing to try on the 23rd. On the 29th, Shudder is coming back again. Not coming back again, but they have another release for us with The Boy Behind the Door. It's about kids who are abducted and they must escape. Finally, July 30th, and my favorite, most anticipated movie of the year, The Green Knight comes to theaters. You will catch me there to see all the Dav Patel and all of the Sergeywan ghosts, thieves, giants. What else is there in that story? Headless horsemen. I'm down. I'm ready. Please give me it. I have been waiting a whole extra year for this. I can't wait. So that's all of the movies coming to theaters, VOD, and streaming this month. Let's get on to talk about some trailers that dropped this week. So last week was a busy week for trailers, and I am going to do it in compliment sandwich order. 
So I'm going to tell you one I like, one I've got some reservations about, and then one I like again. So first off, let's start with Candyman. I was getting nervous. I'm not going to lie about Candyman. I thought that they were going to delay it again. We hadn't seen a trailer since last year when we got the Say My Name slow down say my name trailer which is good but the second trailer really does a great job of showing that this is a sequel and not a reboot which i am excited about tony todd's in it sign me up i'm always down for him to come in in the room and chew every piece of furniture in it the casting looks great the story looks great i love that it is centered on how gentrified cabrini green is as a place now i Everything about this movie looks great. I really like that we're going to see what looks like a very slow descent into madness for our protagonist. I think they did a really good job of showing me enough of the movie and enough of the action and enough enough of the fingerprints of Candyman. Like we see the one shot where the bees swarm around his head when he's standing outside the SUV or when we see the hook in the mirror. We also got that little bit of clip of the, maybe it was in the first trailer with the five girls in the high school mirror saying Candyman, Candyman, Candyman. I'm into it. I, I really love Candyman, the first movie. I actually like the second one pretty well, too. It's just a series I've always thought worked really well and has always scared me because I saw it wildly too young. So I'm excited for that. I can't wait. You will catch me in the movie theater at the very first showing in the middle of the day when it comes out. Or if they're doing midnight showings or 7 p.m. showings like they're doing here in Portland instead of midnight, you will catch me there with bells on. I can't wait. Next up, we're going to talk about the kind of a hot button trailer this week with Don't Breathe 2. Now, I first want to start off by saying I love the Evil Dead remake. I love Don't Breathe 1, even with the very questionable rapey choices. And so trigger warning for non-consensual pregnancy and rape. I really enjoyed the first one because... It did a really good job of making that the twist, but not, it didn't feel in a cheap way. Like it didn't feel cheap. It heightened the horror. It heightened the suspense. I, I enjoyed it because it actually was a time that it made a villain feel desperate and villainous, right? Like the turkey baster scene is just horror. I do think that myself included in this probably wouldn't be so down on Don't Breathe 2 and the premise of Don't Breathe 2 if this trailer hadn't launched on the exact same morning within an hour or two, I think. might The trailer might have came out that earlier that morning and then the Cosby news came out uh, right after that. Bill Cosby had 60 women credibly accuse him of drugging them. He admitted it to a prosecutor in a sweetheart deal. And because he had admitted it to a prosecutor in a sweetheart deal that should have never been made plea deal, they vacated his sentence and let him out of jail. So arguably it wasn't a great day for women. So seeing a trailer that basically turns the villainous, abusive, 
rapist villain from the first movie into a John Wick-esque hero, whether or not that is how the movie goes out, and I am willing to give the movie the benefit of the doubt because I do like Don't Breathe and I do like Evil Dead. I just think that, like, of course there was going to be people who were rightfully upset with what was going on in the real world and what was going on in that movie. Like, I had put a tweet out that said, I don't think we need a movie that gives a rapist a John Wick style hero arc. And that's what this, that's, I mean, like from him sitting in the yard with the house burning behind him to him doing those stuttered shots with the dog and the gun, like it is supposed to invoke John Wick. That is what those images are from. Like, that's just what it is. It's what it's invoking. It's invoking John Wick. I think that that's a hard pill to swallow on the day when the real life has basically told women that even if you do what everyone tells you to do and come forward and credibly accuse them and file charges and go to the police, that there is always a loophole for men to get away with abusing women. It's just, it's a bad circumstance for that trailer. I'm willing to see more trailers. I'm willing to see what's coming out like around the release of the movie and make a decision on whether I want to see it then or not. But I just think it was absolutely wild that there were guys out on the internet being like, oh, people who don't want this or think it shouldn't be here are, would have been on the same side as the video nasties. Nah, people were taken, people, women were taken a pretty bad break that day. And as much as we all want to say that like real life and our art, like we can't say that real life and our perspectives and things that have happened to us in our life are all going to color how we come to movies. That's why, like, I think Promising Young Women is a really great example of people really love that movie or people really hate how that movie talks down to you. And, like, it's really, like, all of that is based on, like, personal experience. And I think that people saying that we don't need this or this shouldn't exist. I don't even think it's, we shouldn't exist. People being visibly mad and upset about the subject matter at hand is reasonable. Like, isn't that what we're all here to do? We're all here to critique. We're all here to bring our individual voices and our individual experiences to the horror community. So to like just blanket brush people that they would be on the same side as the censors during the video nasty era is just wrong to me. Like just show a little bit of empathy. Like just be like read the room of the real world that is existing outside of the horror community. I think it has the potential to maybe do something good because of who's making it. I am willing to give it a the benefit of the doubt. But like it was disappointing to see people not be able to frame reality coming in and affecting how people thought about a movie. So now we're going to get on to my second most anticipated movie of the year, which is weird since it's considered since it's a sequel to one of my favorite movies of all time, Halloween Kills. So unlike the last movie we were talking about where it's really ambiguous if there's going to be a a like powerful uh, final girl element to it, Halloween Kills is really telling us we are going to watch three generations of Stroh's women fucking just kick ass 
right? I mean, Michael's gonna fucking murder a shit ton of people too. People are complaining that they're, the movie's showing, the trailer's showing all the kills and it's doing all this and doing all that. If you wanna be that like walled off of what's going on in the movie, then don't watch trailers. Like there's tons of movies I don't watch trailers for, but like Halloween feels like a kind of formulaic movie at this point. You kind of know what you're going to get. It's gonna be Michael. He's going to be chasing some girl for some reason and there's gonna be a lot of blood carnage and death along the way so i don't really know like i feel like if these are the kills that they're showing us in the trailers what the fuck is going to be in this movie right like what is going to be in this movie this movie looks so gory and bloody shout out to season of the witch i love that they put the three masks from season of the witch i literally like was bouncing up and down on my couch when i first saw it the first time i've watched this trailer a bunch when i when i'm feeling a little down or low i, I just watch the halloween kills trailer and it gets me pumped up and ready for this movie i am so excited i am sad we had to wait a year to see it but I am glad we did wait a year because now we're all going to get to go to the movie theater and enjoy it in the way that it was meant to be seen with lots of people around screaming, jumping, throwing a fit. I cannot wait. Jamie Lee Curtis looks amazing. She's going to kick so much ass at the scene of her walking down the hallway with the bloody knife. <sighs> Yes, I, I'm so excited. I know we have one more of this trilogy that Blumhouse has decided to do, so we'll see. But this one looks like a very solid, good entry. And I am very excited to see the Stroh's women just kick ass all over the place. So that's going to do it this week for Is It Halloween? Episode 8. You can find Is It Halloween? all over the internet at a Halloween club on Instagram, on TikTok, on Twitter. Please interact with us on Twitter. Got questions? Got a movie you want me to review? Got a movie you think I need to see? Drop it to me on Twitter. I am down to hear your recommendations for reviews, what you guys want to hear about, what you're not so into hearing about. Yeah. Also, leave an iTunes review. That would be super helpful, super awesome. It gets the show out there. It helps us be presented to new people. So if you could leave me a nice, polite iTunes review, that would be great. That's going to do it. You know the drill. Sleep or don't. Thank you.